Hello my wonderful quiet rebels, it's Meike here and today we have a different type of episode. So if you've been following me, if you're on my email list, you'll know that from January 2023 I started a series called Pitches That Piss Off Podcasters. And you can probably tell that the reason why I decided to even come up with the series is because as a podcaster myself, which you'll know because you're listening to it right now, I do receive pitches in my inbox despite having clear instructions on my website that, or not even instructions, but more of a notice, that I'm no longer taking guest pitches, especially not right now, it's an invite-only sort of basis, but I still receive pitches anyway. Now, I tend to give people the benefit of the doubt because maybe it's just something that they missed, right? But when they send pitches that are completely misaligned and it's written from the perspective that I'd be so fortunate if I was graced upon this guest's presence and the kicker when they already presume that I'm going to say yes and tell me like oh you can book the interview on this link and I'm like yo no so that's why I started a series and today is actually the replay of my first ever session that I did with Maggie Patterson from BS Free Business. Now Maggie and I we go back quite a couple of years and I remember we've had many many conversations um being podcasters what it's like to be on the receiving end of these pitches now we're like we're okay like we're great pitches even if it's not the right season it might be a not right now but maybe yes in the future but a lot of the pitches that we do tend to receive burn the bridge before it's even built and that's why I started this series because I really wanted to provide a behind the scenes, pull back the curtain, look at the pictures that we receive, but we anonymize them, of course, because point out patterns over people, and to show you what it's actually like, why it pisses us off, and of course, what we would do instead. So this has been such an informative series, and I really wanted to provide the audio version, which is what this is, so that you can listen back on it as and when you choose. We cover some amazing points in this particular episode with Maggie, and one of my personal faves is actually acknowledging the important distinction between traditional media, news cycles, and new age media, news cycles. Now, podcasting is considered as new age, and so when you are thinking about pitching your topics, whether it's a timely thing in the world, is it something that you should be pitching right now? Or is it something that you might want to put a timeless spin on it in a timely manner? So this episode, honestly, I had so much fun running it and Maggie has a lot to say. So what are you waiting for? Let's dive in. Hello, my lovelies. This is Mei Kei Sang and welcome to the first ever session of Pitches That Piss Off Podcasters. This is a new live series here in 2023 as we look behind the scenes of real pitches that podcasters have received that frankly piss them off. <laughs> and the reason why I wanted to collaborate with some of my very, very dearest podcast peers is because I know that they have a lot to say and you know, I think it would be great for you to actually hear it directly from them instead of me projecting what I think is the only thing that pisses off podcasters. So I'm going to love this collaborative element. And this is all for us to really learn 
mistakes that I've absolutely made in the past, by the way, like learning the mistakes that people have made before that they still make today so that we don't make the same mistakes um, when it comes to pitching, when we want to be the guests, right? And of course, we will do, we will have a Q&A as well with our special guest, which is Maggie Patterson as well, because trust me, she, it, she has fire to bring to today. So I'm super, super excited. So before we get into all of the things, Maggie, do you want to say a quick hi to everybody who's, uh, who's here with us live today? Hey everyone, I'm excited to see so many people. We had no idea who was who was going to join us or if we'd be <laughs> hanging out by ourselves. <laughs> yes, I mean, like even if we hung out by ourselves, it would still be a party. So, yeah. oh, it would be awesome. <laughs> We've had many wonderful conversations and collaborations in the past, so uh, may this be an amazing thing. And you're very welcome, uh, Sheila. If that's how I pronounce your name, please tell me how to pronounce your name um, in the chat as well. Feel free to use your chat throughout. By the way, everybody who's here with us live today, um, and yes, you're very welcome. I'm very happy to tell the people that captions are available. So something that I love to do, no matter what the occasion is, is to set expectations. So that's exactly what I'm going to be doing today. So this is what's going to be happening over the next 90 minutes. Number one, I'll introduce Maggie properly, (laughs) uh, where we can actually learn more about her, her background and the very special angle that she's coming from today, because I don't have very many uh, peer peers who actually have the same angle that Maggie does with the perspective that she has as well so super excited about that and inside the inbox so this is when we're going to be seeing Maggie's pictures or in this case hearing Maggie's pictures because something that I've asked all of my guests um, who are coming on in the future as well is that we really want to point out patterns versus people so that's why I've, I've asked all of my guests to anonymize their pictures just so that we're not outing anyone specifically because that's not the point the point for here is just to see like an overall educational approach of like patterns that we see because I see them as well as a podcaster myself but Maggie has chosen to anonymize them via like she's going to read them um because she's actually printed them out <laughs> so um so that's why the captions will come in handy for those of you who um need any additional um help actually like just kind of deciphering because sometimes I get lost myself when I'm listening I'm like I'm a great listener I know I am but sometimes I just need that extra aid <laughs> Right. So that's what we're doing there. And a Q&A with Maggie as well. Um, I did ask Maggie what she preferred in terms of questions as it's happening. That's towards the end. She's totally open for both. So if you have a question like mid pitch or something, feel free to ask in the chat. I'll be womaning the chat. So we're, we're going to be great. Um, and so I'll just kind of be like, oh, Maggie, that's a question. Um, and I'll check that out for you. Okay, but before we do, I do want to give a quick intro to myself for those of you who've come from Maggie's community or you've somehow found us without being it directly related to us. Maybe um, a friend or a client of ours had actually shared the post where we promoted this. So I just want to give a quick intro to myself in case you don't know and a very, very quick sponsor shout out as well. So hi, my name is Nikkei Sang. I'm the host of this new this new show, I use she, her pronouns, and what I do. I am the sustainable visibility mentor, certified trauma-sensitive leadership coach, and podcast guesting strategy trainer. So that's a huge title. <laughs> Anyhow, what I do in a nutshell, I help underestimated and underrepresented humans in business to take a safety first, strategy second approach to visibility so they can feel safer to be seen as they show up to grow their impact-fueled businesses. So why me? Like, why am I hosting these conversations about podcast guesting in specific? in general. Well, back in 2019, I actually challenged myself to pitch to 101 podcasters in 30 days. That's more of a cautionary tale, by the way, as opposed to an inspirational one, just so you know. But back then, 
I'm talking about the past here. And actually what I didn't expect to achieve was a 33% booking rate, which was very interesting. And then what I did was that I actually reverse engineered the process and developed my signature pitch with purpose framework, which I've now taught to hundreds of entrepreneurs with my ultimate podcast guesting workshop series. I've taught them through masterminds or group programs, running my own programs and all of that. And for a self-paced DIY sort of approach for those of you who really want to learn the pitch skills yourself, then this may be something that you're interested in. So if you do want to book yourself on more aligned podcasts by sending fewer pitches, so not 101, (laughs) uh, with intention and integrity to expand your reach for new audiences, deepen your relationship with the host and your own community, as well as grow your business, I invite you to learn more. So I'll drop the link in the chat throughout. um, And also if you're listening to this on the podcast or you're watching this on my blog, then the link will be around wherever you are consuming this all right but that's my quick hi and my quick intro but now I do want to pass the mic over to our special guest today Maggie Patterson so Maggie please please do unmute yourself Um, I would love to actually ask you first and foremost what made you say yes to being a part of this because I'm so curious well because I know like I mean I know like and most of all I very much trust you and I know the quality of you know you don't you don't half-ass things which I think if anyone here does know me even a little bit, you know how I feel about things being done well and how many things in the spaces we operate in are just not done well. So I, I was like, I saw you talking about it. I was like, oh, hi, hi, I'll do this. <laughs> but I think part, <laughs> yeah, I, oh, I have things to say. And I think part of it is, you know, I've been a podcaster for nine years now. Um, I've had, you know, a series of different podcasts. I currently host two different podcasts. And I think the other part of it is, is I come from a PR background. I went to school for PR. I was a PR practitioner for many years. So there's an extra layer for me on this of like, I have spent so much time in my professional life pitching media before podcasts were even a thing that, you know, the mechanics of a pitch have not changed in 20 plus years since I started doing PR. But this in my inbox is deeply offensive, deeply offensive. (laughs) It's like... It's like the lowest common denominator. And, you know, I think, Mickey, you have the experience of being being on the receiving end of these pitches. And I want people to, you know, to really learn, A, how to construct a really great pitch, and two, not be scared. I feel like for so many people as, you know, small micro business owners, oh, did I lose my sound? Nope. Okay, I'm good. You're good? Okay. <laughs> Your phone sometimes. Um as small micro business owners, we have an opportunity to get on podcasts, use other people's platforms, but people don't do it. I hear it from my clients all the time. Oh, I'm, I'm scared to pitch because I hear podcasters talking about how horrible the pitches are. Now, everyone here, once you're done, you're probably going to pitch a lot better because you're not going to do these things. And honestly, the majority of the pitches I get are bad. Like I, I'm just going to, and I'm trying to say that in the kindest way, bad is probably a really nice way of saying it. So if you're pitching with thought, you're pitching with intention, um, you're pitching with research and thought behind it and with care and connection for the person you're pitching, your odds of getting your pitches accepted are so much higher. And that's really why I wanted to say yes, because I want, I want more good pitches in my thing. And I think the thing that makes me laugh about the pitches the most is I don't take guest pitches. It says so on my website, yet every single day. We open up that inbox, me and my team, and then we're like, oh, here's another pitch. You know, nearly one a day. It's kind of like a sport now of like, what are we going to get on the receiving end? So I would definitely want to share these pitches with you and kind of, you know, 
the do's and don'ts of what I would maybe do instead, because I want to be very directive, not just be like complaining about these pitches. And then at the end, I think too, there's, you know, there are some specific things I do personally look for in a pitch that really stand out to me. And those make them, even though we don't take pitches, I might even consider them if I were to get them. So that mm. is why I said yes. It was a very long answer, but there's many reasons why. No, I, I love it. I love all of that. And I really appreciate they also honed on honed honed in on the fact that the mechanics of pitching actually haven't changed which tells me that there is a timelessness to the anatomy of a great pitch which is great because with the speed in which our industry keeps changing and moving and evolving it can seem like oh is this relevant anymore but what I'm hearing from you especially as someone who actually has a background in PR because I came from like a DIY version and kind of like deconstructed it that way which is why I need to collaborate with um, more people to ensure that the perspectives that I gain from my personal experience is actually a shared experience amongst the collective of podcasters so thank you so much for saying yes to this let's definitely dive into those pictures and I, I think I've got a couple of questions brewing in terms of the um to accept or not to to accept a pitch even though you explicitly say on your website that you don't receive them so like how do people get invited onto your podcast for example but that's a question for later and for anyone who's here with us live today please feel free like if you've got um questions brewing pop them in the chat and we'll either address them at the time if I feel like it's the right time or we'll definitely save them for the end so we've got you no worries so Maggie please take us take it away with the pitches that are apparently deep all right, <laughs> all right. See this one a couple weeks ago, and I saved it for this specific purpose. And the, the subject line of this one, I will admit, was a little intriguing. How to get yourself as a guest on podcast. And I thought, okay, that, that might be interesting, even though it's a topic I have already covered on my mm-hmm. podcast. So there's eh, number one from my perspective yep. of you're pitching something that I have done in the last two to three years. And I don't have a lot of guests of contacts on my podcast. I maybe have like four or five in a year. So if I've already had a guest in the recent future, uh, you know, not too distant past, recent future, <laughs> the not too distant past, I'm like, mm, always gives me pause. So, you know, starts off happy 2023. I'm like, okay, great. And then it says, it immediately cuts to, I'm emailing because blank of CEO of the blank would like to be a guest on your show. I don't know this person. Then I get long. They do do this right. They do give me the topic, which is how to get yourself as a guest on podcasts. And then it is, see how long this is? Uh-huh. It's way too long. This pitch is way too long. I'm never going to read this aside from today. <laughs> I read it for this purpose. And, you know, she really gets into um, the background of this person, which is fine. But then there's also this entire thing of, like, all these ideas. It's all, this is where my, I like getting multiple ideas from people. Where this breaks down for me is, it's all the same idea written in a different way. Right. Like, literally, I'm like, it's how should, why you should be a guest on podcasts, how to pitch yourself as a guest on podcasts how to run a podcast tour, how to maximize your podcast tour. Like it's all the same thing. Mm -hmm. But then here's the kicker. I'm like, this is where I got really heated. Exciting news. Here comes the pitch within the pitch. Oh, okay. (laughs) They're launching their blank in March. This will be the first certification program. 
Um, and they're trying to get me to be an affiliate. Uh, I do not know these people. I have never interacted with them. They have broken the rule. I say on my website, do not pitch me. We are not accepting guests. This pitch is garbage. And then they want me to be an affiliate. It is, this is wrong. It's so wrong. <laughs> anyone like, who's just, well, anyone who's listening, okay. anyone who's actually just listening to this on the podcast, you don't, you haven't seen what just happened. Like, it's like it just threw the pitch behind And that just like, it's garbage. <laughs> okay. Like, so, you know, to recap the points out, it's too long. It's a topic I've already covered. They've made it so much about them, not about me, not about the show. We can talk at the end about like what things I really look for. And one of them is mm, research. I want to know you've listened to the show more than one episode. And that, that I think is where, and make it, I'm sure you'll agree, is this is where you can tell if people have really done their homework. Yep. And if you're going to take the time to pitch, you also want to make sure the show is a really good fit for you. Mm-hmm. My audience does some pitching of themselves on podcasts, but do I need to cover that topic again? No. No, I really don't. Mm. Here's the next pitch. Now, I will give them bonus points for it being very short. But, so the subject line, starting your business off on the right foot. Hmm. What does that mean? Like, what does that mean? That is, I, I'm, I'm intrigued because... I don't know what your subject, I don't want to open this email, but I'm going to. And it just starts off and says, I want to recommend Blank as a guest on your podcast. They are the founder of this company and she helps organizations build finance and business infrastructure for early to early stage to ventures, uh, to venture funded startups. Now, number one, I don't serve an audience of startups. I serve micro business owners. So the audience is wrong. There's been no acknowledgement of the name of my show. I always look, did you at least name my show? If you can't be bothered to name my show, that tells me one important thing. This is a spray and pay pitch. You are going to spray, you are going to pray, and hopefully some of them are going to land. This is literally from a podcast booking agency. So this person is paying this person to pitch them and they don't know how to pitch very well, which is unfortunate. And it literally just goes on to give me this person's inspirational story, which again, if they did any research, they would know. I have a, um, not a big fan of this rags to riches storyline. I I talk about it a lot in my work. So the fact that they've, this has landed again is a big strike against them. And then there's a couple podcast ideas, which are the perils of poor accounting, not super relevant to my audience. How to deal with quiet quitting as a business owner. If you know anything about me, most of, my cl- most of the people that listen to my show are solo business owners. And why a fractional CFO makes sense. Again, fractional CFO does not make sense for my audience. So this guy, this guy, his picture's here. This guy, it's wrong. This, this pitch is not good. Um, and this individual has followed up with me 400 times. Now let's talk about follow-up. I believe as someone who's done media relations, I like literally, you name a media, big, you know, North American media outlet, I have put my clients there. I have absolutely done that at some point in my career. And follow-up is really, really important. But follow-up that adds value. So 
you've got to understand, we all know what an inbox is like. We all know what's going on. So, hey, great. You're going to follow up and say, don't say, hey, did you see my pitch? Like, hey, you know, I, I noticed you covered this last week. I really think this would be relevant because of this. Again, you're showing a level of care, a level of thought, and a level of um, editorial justification. Because you've got to remember, whether you're pitching media or pitching podcasters, they all have an editorial agenda. It's got to fit in the editorial direction of what they cover. So um, great example. I used to always use this when I was training people in PR agency. Why are you going to pitch a tech client to the lifestyle reporter? If it's not a lifestyle thing, it's like a semiconductor. This makes no sense. So when you're pitching a podcaster, you want to be sure that that podcast, even if you love that podcast or it has a really big audience or whatever it is, is perfect, a perfect fit for your message and for what you have to say. And then it's going to fit in perfectly because that makes it a really, really easy yes for the person on the receiving end. And it shows a level of thought. So this one, not so good. We're just going to get rid of that one too. I'm not, not so dramatically. <laughs> All right. So let, let's take a quick pause for a second. And anyone who's here with us live, because I saw a couple of like head nods as, as Maggie was speaking, any uh, follow-up questions or any um, reflections that you gain just from actually hearing a real pitch? Because something that definitely stands out to me um, in both of the pitches you shared so far, Maggie, is that they're just not being relevant enough or they just haven't done their due diligence basically on your yeah. podcast, whether it's referencing the podcast, a very specific nugget that makes you which is kind of like a tell sign, like a telltale sign that they've actually done something. Because if someone simply, for example, when they pitch to me, when they just simply reference like the name, I'm like, no, 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 no. Especially if it's the most recent one, I'm like, no, nah, that, that was a low hanging fruit and you took it. I want the high hanging fruit. And the high hanging fruit, what it looks like to me personally, is when they share a specific, a very specific takeaway that's not generalized in my show notes, they had to have listened to an episode to, to have picked that out. And I would know just from like, that sort of thing. So are there any like tell signs on your part, Maggie, where you're like, oh yeah, okay, this person that actually has listened, like, is there anything that kind of comes up for you there? So for me, I mean, there's some really central things to the work I do, um, where I talk about my, my approach to freelancing and own a solo business or even owning a small agency. And if those get weaved, woven into the story, that gets my attention. Mm -hmm. um, I often talk about my work, like, how there's this myth of the million dollar business and we're all like, especially if you operate in the online business world, I'm sure many of you do is like, we're fed this steady stream of these messages that we should have a seven figure business or we're failing. And I'm like, that is so central to my work that I don't believe in that. I believe in a sustainable business. I believe in a business that is, you know, not uh, engaging extractive business practices. So when I see someone coming in with someone pitching me and I see this a lot and it makes me laugh every time is, a millionaire money mentor wants to be on your podcast. I'm like, out of here with that. Like, I am not about that even a little bit. So um, if you can't even do like a cursory skim of my about page and take that away, we've got problems. Mm, yes. And it's definitely the approach that I'm seeing as well. It's very much so-and-so would like to be on your podcast, but they're not sharing why you would like them um, on your podcast. Like they're just expressing and projecting like their desire to be a guest on the podcast because they know that your podcast is like great and it's like it has x amount of reach blah blah blah, blah. and then um it's just not it's just coming it's rubbing the wrong way because of the intention that is clear that they want to be on your podcast regardless of how much value they provide to your audience or not 
Exactly. And it really, it's the whole thing of a pitch needs to be about a partnership or a collaboration. And the majority of pitches I receive, and I know from talking to all my friends on podcasts, the majority of pitches in general, they're about what can you do for me? You're going to put me on your platform and you're going to help me. And then there's, it's just this like, honestly, the sense of entitlement to like my platform, Mm -hmm. the work I've done. And I'm like, you have not even bothered to do the bare minimum here. And funny story with the millionaire mentor things, I co-host a podcast, which is about called Dute, which is about the nefarious business practices of online business. We do not have guests. We continuously get pitches from people who are doing the most scammy things. And I'm like, it didn't even occur to you that the name of the podcast is duped, the dark side of online business, that this may not be a fit. Like, it's, it's, yeah. it's wild out there. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot, of, um, a lot of skimming and there's not enough depth is what I'm hearing. And um, the research, not even to see where there's mutual alignment, is that, in my head, should be the minimum <laughs> at the very, very least. Um that's not happening and what's shocking and what I'm seeing in the comments here is that um there are there's a shock like but wait these people are actually booking agents shouldn't they know right and so um so Maggie, yeah. I'm just gonna like read out a couple of comments um so uh we've got comments saying love the level of care piece so that's um something that we've shared as podcasters like well we look for like the degree of detail and care that I should put into pitches um <laughs> I'm going to get editorial agenda tattooed <laughs> that's another one and then the last mm-hmm. one which kind of leads into a question I'm a little surprised that they're coming from podcast agencies and not from the person because I guess I feel like even if you work with a podcast agency it would make more sense for the first email to come from the person like I work with x for booking etc so this is the question Maggie could you talk more about agencies versus pitching yourself I'm very curious about your take on this I have very strong feelings about this. Um, <laughs> I honestly probably trust like two podcast eight pitching agencies at this point. Maybe th- uh, there's three I can think of off the top of my head that th- they have good quality pitches and, you know, they're thoughtful and I don't get garbage from them. Um, but I have really strong feelings about the fact that for the majority of people, you should be doing your own pitching because it shows um, it's a whole thing about being one step removed, right? And it's it's going to be much more genuine. It's probably going to be better researched. Like you're not going to just like try to do it to check it off the to-do list. You're going to do it with a level of thought. And I think the thing that um, I see from podcast agencies is it is that cut and paste, spray and pay pitch. But the other thing is too, what they're doing is they're looking at, they're going into the the Apple podcast charts they're saying, what are the top 100 marketing podcasts? And they're literally shooting out 100 pitches. Mm-hmm. They're just hoping to book something because they need to feel a quota. And I think one of the things that I always encourage anybody I talk to with pitching is look beyond those kind of big name shows. I had one of my clients come to me a couple of weeks ago and she said, I would really like to be on this show. It's currently number one in the marketing charts, you know, usually in the top 10. And I said to her, I said, well, why? She goes, well, it's number one. I said, but it's not a fit. And that's the question you have to ask yourself. It is much better for you to be on a niche podcast with 100 loyal, dedicated listeners who are going to deeply connect with you than to be completely on a podcast that maybe is going to get lots of reach, but it's not at all connected to what you're doing, or it's going to call in the wrong types of people into your business. So 
um, you want to be really thoughtful. And I think a lot of times it's, there's that ego and vanity that we want to be on a big name podcast. But if I think about where I have received the best get, you know, results from guesting on podcasts, it's been with podcasts with relatively small audiences. And mm -hmm. so I generally will say yes to being on a podcast because even if they have 50 listeners, great. That's 50 people I didn't know before. Mm -hmm. yeah. And think about 50 people in a room. We lose sight of that in this like social media metrics. Like we need to have all these fun. I don't want that. I don't want that in my life. I just don't. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So what, what I'm gathering from you is um, especially when it comes to the agency versus pitching stuff, like it can be done well, but it's quite rare. Yes. And that there needs to be that research, that um, that level of care that um uh, one of our attendees has uh, mentioned today and it's just it's just that personalization right it's that personal touch that alignment that's very often missing and so the key that I'm seeing uh, the, the difference between agencies and pitching yourself is that agencies tend to be the volume so what did you say I was like spray and pray <laughs> spray and pray yeah, yeah spray and pray <laughs> so the volume sort of approach versus a value approach when you're pitching yourself because like you don't have the, the same amount of resources whether it's your time your capacity etc to pitch at that volume therefore you need to be a lot more strategic and a lot more um careful with who you're pitching to because I, I think something that is very much missing is that the volume approach it burns so many bridges that have yet to be built <laughs> and so if you rub someone the wrong way there are plenty of people who will not give you a second chance because of the first impression, right? And so make a good first impression, even if it's a not right now, that could be a future, yes, but we reduce those chances dramatically if we come up from an entitled approach where like, oh, you'd be so lucky to have me as a guest and you can yes. be affiliate if you want to my brand new thing. So yeah, so volume versus value approach is definitely what I'm getting from this so far. Absolutely. Way better for you to send out three really thoughtfully crafted pitches than 30 ones that are just cut and paste. Like, because your results are probably going to be the same and the amount of damage you're going to do is probably pretty significant. And I think on the relationships part, I think I love that you brought that up. Like, one of the things I think we often miss is there is something to be said for familiarity. So if you are really wanting to be on someone's podcast, showing up and being present in their social media, engaging with them, building a relationship. Now, I can tell you, I know when someone is just there because they're going to ask me for something versus someone is there to build a genuine relationship and being on the podcast might be a bonus down the road. So I think show up in a way that is very genuine and very um, in places that you actually are aligned for you. Again, five awesome relationships and podcast appearances are going to be way more impactful than 15 really bad ones. Yeah. And it doesn't serve either party anyway. So even if oh. you did get a lot of yeses, if they're to misaligned audiences, it's going to call in the wrong people, as you said, and it's not going to be a great relationship builder between you and the host who you, you know deep down that you've only used to get to their audience no matter how it's going to be. Um, so it's just really, uh, it's just, it just gives me that icky feeling <laughs> um, yeah. from the inside out. <laughs> and I can think of two podcast appearances I've done at some point in the last 10 years. I regret them mm. because while the shows weren't a, the fit was pretty good, but their listeners are a terrible fit. 
And it results in a lot to this day, like years later, I'm still, I'm still getting like pitched with business opportunity. Like their audience is just not my, they're not my people. They are not my people. And I don't really want them in my community, frankly, because they operate their businesses in a way that's just not aligned with my mind, with my values or how I want to show up in the world. So I think just being really clear on things like, Hey, is this person like, yes, their podcast looks good, but are our values aligned, how we operate, Uh, especially in the world of 2023. Like these are things you really want to consider. So I think slowing down, doing that research and being very, very methodical about it, I think can go a long way. 100%. All right. Pitch number three. Are we ready? Yes. Yes. Totally ready. And again, anybody who's here with us live, if you've got any reflections or questions along the way, please feel free to pop them in the chat because Maggie and I are totally here to like have those conversations. And that's the whole purpose of the series anyhow. But Maggie, And I, I talk right? fast. I talk <laughs> fast. I know. Hence the captions and the transcripts. <laughs> so we got you. Okay. So I'm going to just say, first of all, the, this subject line is not good. New podcast guest for you. Please don't ever use one of those. I would recommend coming up with something in that subject line that is really going to grab their attention about what you want to talk about for their audience. Focusing on something like that is going to be way more compelling versus new podcast guest for you. No. So. Wait, but wait, before you go in, can you share why though? Like why, why does that rub you the wrong? It definitely does to me and I'll share that afterwards, but why that, that particular sentence, why does it rub you the wrong way? Because you could use that for anybody. It's a complete lack of personalization. I can guarantee this subject line was used on every single pitch they sent that day. Mm. It does not feel personal. It feels canned. And uh, I I don't want to feel, you want to do my podcast? You need to do better than a new podcast guest for you. Like, yeah, like right, just no. So I will... I will give this person props. Their opening paragraph is not terrible, but in light of the fact I don't take guests, it's a little questionable. As you consider guests for the upcoming episodes of the BS Free Service Business Show for the next year, I'm like, okay, that's thoughtful. They're like, think, knowing I'm going to consider guests. And then it goes in for the, it just goes right for the jugular. I want to make you aware of business leader, writer, and best-selling author, blankety blank. And then basically proceeds into blank believes every business expert expert has a book inside of them. As a culture and best-selling culture expert and best-selling author herself, she understands how a book can enhance your professional network and open doors. And then it's basically this person's bio. Um, how is this? I don't know how this is a fit for my show. I'm not sure the exact topic. But it's okay because they've sent me. Are you ready? They're one sheet. Oh. <laughs> all right. So wait, so I'm anybody... going to tell you. For, for, I'm going to tell you again. all about the one sheet. Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I was going to say for anybody who doesn't know what a one sheet is, could you uh, briefly describe what that is? Because yes. That, yeah. That's also that's also a debate, by the way, in the pitching world. It's like to send or not to send a one sheet at whichever stage of the process. But please, could you quickly describe so what one, one sheet? sheet is? Yeah, so it's a des- it's basically a designed one sheet PDF that's commonly used for PR or speaking. I personally really like it for speaking. I think it's great. I don't love it as much for pitching. 
because you're now asking me to open up a PDF. Speaking, you need a lot more detail. So it typically includes like specific topics, their bio, why they, you know, why you should consider them as a guest. I think a one sheet has a purpose maybe in that, like, hey, here's my bio after the fact. But I think we can all agree that sending a PDF unsolicited is not the best. And it's requiring a level of work. Like it's given me one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten different potential topics. Hmm. Now, which topic is right for my show? Why is that topic right for my show? How does this fit into my editorial agenda? Like there is no, it's requiring me as the podcaster to do all the work to connect the dots. Mm-hmm. And frankly, I'm doing someone a service having them on my show. So they should be trying to a little bit harder to get this to me. So personally, I'm not a fan of one sheets. Um, to me, it shows that you couldn't be bothered to craft, take the time to craft a a strong pitch. Because this pitch is maybe four sentences. And now you're relying on me to go digging through the one sheet, figure out how it fits, pick a topic, come back to you. Like, that is way too many steps to get a yes from me. Mm -hmm. Right. So they're putting their own barriers, basically, for you to even come to a conclusion before anything else. Exactly. So like, while they've named my show, I appreciate that. They don't know anything about my show. And again, this is not really central to kind of the the subjects we cover. Um, So again, it's off from that perspective. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right. So I'm glad that you said the same thing because um, when it comes to one sheets, I personally think it's quite lazy, especially if it's the first time we're ever connecting. If I asked for it, that's a different story. But providing a one sheet, not only like you said, makes me take an extra step to open a pdf which i don't know like that could have a virus you 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 don't know especially if you don't know this person right and second of all it's making me do the work of choosing like oh yeah why why would this like no if you are the one pitching yourself to someone and that it's an opportunity for you to serve their audience then that's your cue to do your part in this process of why they would even want you in the first place, you know? And so don't basically what I'm saying is don't make them do more work, especially if they don't even know you. And the only time I've ever, ever accepted um, probably one or two pitches in total where they've given me multiple topics is because it's very timely and not all. And the fact that they describe why, that's what I want to know. Why is this relevant to me, my audience, and you know wh- where these conversations are going? So if you are going to be proposing multiple topics, it comes with the risk of like putting it on the podcaster to make that choice, first of all, of which topic, let alone whether to say yes. But second of all, um, you know, if you are going to do that, that multiple topic, you need to explain why. Why is it timely? Why is it relevant? Because without that, it comes across as quite lazy and almost presumptuous. Like, oh, just just pick any of these. These are my expert topics. Here you go. No, just like make it clear why you are a valuable guest and how you can serve. And I think, you know, to add on that, these these topics, like, yes, there's 10, but again, it's super repetitive. They're, it's like best-selling authors, contributing authors, best-selling strategies. I don't have any context for what you're going to talk about for those things. So I think, 
you know, if you want to give me multiple topics, I need a little backup on what, like you said, on what those things are going to entail and why it matters to me or my audience. Mm-hmm. And I think to that end, there's a practice that um, in PR, they call it newsjacking. And the idea with newsjacking is there's a big news story. I'm going to come up with a story that's associated or a follow on to that, and I'm going to pitch it to media. That can be super, super effective. I think for traditional media, but I think when it comes to a podcast, a podcast isn't publishing, usually it's publishing once a week. Mm -hmm. So by the time you, if if I covered, let's say storytelling, I'm unlikely to cover storytelling again, so close together, but the other part of it is too, unless you come up with a very, very unique, compelling spin, I'm not going to touch it. So I think, um, when you're looking at like, here's my five topics, 100% go through and cross the ones off that you know they've covered recently, like within the last kind of two years, depending on guest volume, because they're unlikely to come back and do that. And I know that, um, I know, Mayke, you don't teach this, but I have seen a lot of people teaching that as a tactic is like, take the story and build on it. It works great if you're dealing with like a timely news story. And I'll give you an example. It was like 2003. Yeah, I did PR way back in the day. Some of you were probably in grade school. <laughs> but, you know, was doing PR back in the day. There was all these um, protests going on about economic unrest and things. So we, because it was really new and I worked in cybersecurity, we started pitching things around cybersecurity about that was just as much as a threat as these physical protests and threats to security with that. That was a really timely, smart way to do it. Got a lot of traction in national and international media. But that kind of thinking does not work with a podcast because a podcast is not operating on that same kind of news cycle. And there's really limited spots for guests and people don't want to be super repetitive. Exactly. And I think what what I'm gathering from this as well, like traditional media versus um, because podcasts are arguably new age media. Right. Um, Is that with new age media like like podcasting, it's important to have a a timelessness element, but it can have a timely angle. So it has to be both or at least timeless, because if it's too timely, but they they want it, but there's not enough guest spots or, you know, they've already recorded that their next six months worth of content is not going to land that way. So if you are interested in pitching, then really consider having a timelessness factor and if appropriate, having a timely angle, but it has to be a standalone as well. So that no matter if someone's listening like a year or two later, that is still relevant. What, what do you think about that? Yes. Maggie? Like, yeah, no, I totally, totally agree with that. And I think the other thing you have to understand is podcasters tend, most podcasters tend to work really far ahead. Like they might record their seats, all their episodes for the season in January that go through to September. Like, so you need to be very prepared for looking at podcasting as a ongoing marketing activity. If you're going to go that route versus something like, well, I know I'm launching this in, I'm, I'm doing, focusing on this in April. I need to be on podcasts ahead of it. You do not have the ability to control the timing in the same way. Um, And I will tell you, nothing irritates me more is when I've had a guest and they are dogging me about they want specific timing. I'm like, no, 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 that's not how this works. And like, I've moved things around for people I like, but in general, I have a very, like, for example, my podcast is not in season. It is coming back in March. All my topics are laid out right now. 
So if you're like, if I'm recording with you and you're coming back and being like, I need it to appear, no, my topics have a very logical build. There's a flow to them. They're in themes. So you've got to really have, I think, a degree of, I'm going to do this as an ongoing marketing activity and be very willing to just go with the flow in terms of where it might, you might record something in May and it might not appear till October and that's okay. You just need to be prepared for that. And I think that often takes people unaware when they start podcast pitching. I completely agree with that. So for anybody who's looking to guest on more podcasts, like just, just like Maggie said, just be mindful of the fact that it may not be to the time that you want it to happen. Like it, like, like I will also move a couple of things around depending on how close I am to this person. And if I really do want to fit into their schedule and like help them out with the launch, for example. However, it's very, um, that's quite a rare occasion based on where the flow is at the time during the podcast like for me I don't do it weekly anymore I used to do it weekly then I used to do it every two weeks and now I do it intuitively so that's even more unpredictable to the average person who wants a very predictable like podcasting schedule I'm like no I am I'm not that person but I'm very um I, I can be very accommodating depending on the relationship that I have with someone so um all, all that basically loops back to is this is a long-term thing that can have short-term um, benefits. Like you can get clients straight away. Like with the with the host, like you might develop a great relationship based on the conversation and they're like, oh, actually, can I hire you after this? It's happened before. It's happened to a lot of my clients as well. And, um, you know, your list growth, all of that, that's also ongoing. So you can get those initial like spikes as, as well as the fact that this podcast episode is going to live on long after it's gone live. So if you Google my name, for example, and I'm sure if you Google Maggie's name, there will be like pages upon pages upon pages of interviews because there's at least 10 pages of interviews when you research my name on Google right and that's because I've built this over the last couple of years and like some of them like still bring me clients some of them still like build my list on autopilot which is great but that's because I'm willing to let go of the timely factor like I can take a like non-time sensitive topic and use that as leverage in a launch like oh you know I've spoken about this on this podcast that's in relation to whatever it is I'm launching so you can absolutely make it work in your favor that way so if you feel disheartened like oh so podcasters aren't going to help me during launches they might but you can also again take a timeless topic and and use a timely angle for something that you need it for anyway in your business right so don't like limit yourself based on a one-time event that you're doing that year that you may never bring back again at least not in the same way with that url that's no longer going to exist or it's going to be broken by the time someone listens to it a year from now so timely like timelessness is going to be key and you can wield the timely angle so i so love good. that and i think <laughs> i do want to just like frame this up too like podcasters are being difficult <laughs> Because <laughs> it does sound like, why are they so persnickety? Like, why are they like this? You gotta remember, I have a podcast. Mika, you have a podcast because it's sort of supporting our business. So we have our own agenda that and direction that goes into these things for a very deliberate purpose. Um, I'm not doing a podcast as a you know, a, you know, passion project. It is there to support my business, so it does have to support in certain cycles and timings within my own business. Um, and it is very deliberately designed in that way. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I will just say, even even being a podcaster is long game. Nine years, yes. friends. Nine nine years I've been podcasting. It's the longest game ever. Yeah, like I I've been doing it for four years now, but 
right. You're right. It's still, it's still definitely a long game for sure. And I realized, by the way, I think that um, you're on your third pitch and, and we stopped at one sheet and went on a huge, in my opinion, quite valuable tangent um, about all of this. But was there anything else from the third pitch that you had with the one sheet that you wanted to share with those of us who... You know, I think if I was going to do like a makeover on this pitch, the biggest makeover is I would have them put a very specific idea in the pitch that is aligned with my show. And I think if you can do that, you will be 90% better than most of the things I get. Um, And I know like if you're here, you actually care about doing this properly. In fact, you're probably going to go too far the other way of like completely overthinking it. So I think there needs to be a space where you get into, you know, building that habit and practice of pitching and it will get easier. I think one of the things is when you're first starting to pitch is you're probably going to feel some, some resistance. Yes. Cause you don't want to get it wrong. And honestly, the majority of people I think have really, really good intentions. I think these people, this is a PR strategy they've been told they have to do and they haven't really taken the time or the thought or even invested the time to learn how to do this properly. And I think that that's a really important part of it. It's not hard, but there is a specific art to it. Mm -hmm. And if I were to sum it up, um, which I've taught before, um, the keys to like, I have like seven elements that I I think it makes up a yes worthy pitch when I've deconstructed like many, many, many pitches in my time. But if I were to consolidate that even further from seven, um, I call it the the PR method, which is make like personalize it, make it relevant. That's all that's needed. And honestly, the the reason why the series actually exists is because there was one day in my inbox when I also on my website, it says, I'm not currently accepting guest pitches, it's invite only right so not only did it kind of like bypass that request that I have on my website in itself um this pitch pissed me off because they're like oh they they did like the bio I call it a bio stack when they just share the bio and expect me to pick from it like what is it that um would be great for my show but not only that what was real ticker for me was that they put their own scheduling link it's like oh when you're ready to book the interview here's the link and I was like excuse me and normally I ignore these but I I felt that because this also came from an agency and I'm not we're not like bitching on all agencies by the way some agencies can really do it right it just so happens that in our experience the majority of the time they don't tend to do so but anyhow just I digress but um I actually wrote back to them like I'm always like very constructive and very calm like I'm never like you know like I I made it a very constructive criticism I was like oh thanks so much for reaching out I do want to let you know that not only is the guest not aligned and I'm sure that this person's an expert in what they do but I found it extremely rude and presumptuous that you put your own scheduling link and because that kind of like took away my agency as a podcaster um so please like if you ever reach out again please do not do this right and and it really baffled me and it honestly it really angered me and pissed me off because this person, whoever they guessed it was that they were pitching, was paying them good money because PR agencies do charge a fair amount to do this podcast pitching. And it really makes me feel angry that a lot of money is going into these strategies that piss off a lot of people and burn a lot of bridges. And, you know, the guest is not in control of that, right? The, the client is not in control of that. And that's really disheartening for me, which is why I do teach people how to pitch themselves, which they can absolutely outsource later on. But they need to know the fundamentals of pitching, right? The fundamentals, as simple as I can put it, is personalize it, make it relevant, 
And already by doing that, you've raised the bar. So that's my soapbox. <laughs> I actually had a situation a couple of years ago in that, that around the vein of when the people are pitching for their clients, the clients don't know how bad it is. Mm. I actually had a, a pitch land in my inbox that was pitching one of my clients to me. Right. Yes. And I was like, I, I, I would talk to him over my team. I said, what do I do? Like, this is awkward. And I just forwarded it to my client. And I said, listen, I want you to know how offside this pitch is. And I would want you to tell me. And she ended up terminating them because she was like, this is not what we talked about. Your podcast was not on my list. Like, they just were trying to check off the boxes. So, you know, do I think all podcast pitching agencies are awful? No. There's some wonderful ones that I would highly, highly, highly recommend. Um, their pitches are always very well done and just perfect. But for the most part, I think you're always going to be better served by doing your own pitching because you will be in control of who you're pitching, the approach, the follow-up, and all those types of things. Because a lot of the podcast pitching agencies, they operate on like a, we'll get you four guest spots a month type yeah. situation. So they do anything they can to get those guest spots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hence the volume approach, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And um, thank you for sharing that story because I have a very, very similar one, but instead of a client, it was actually one of my mentors who was like very, very like, um, like they made it very clear that, oh yeah, I want podcast guesting to be a part of my visibility strategy this year. And I was like, oh, that's, that's wonderful. Um, and then I received a pitch from the agency that they hired and um, she was a part of the bio stack which is worse in my opinion and a bio stack, but for anyone who's not sure what that means, because I think I kind of made it up is when a agency will pitch you, but they will put loads of bios from their clients and it's like, Oh, pick a client based on what their, whatever their bio says. And I was like, okay, not only is this terrible because you're, you're just being stacked amongst other people. They're not even making it specific towards you. So I was also kind of torn up. Like, do I tell her? Do I not tell her? But then I sent her a voice message on Voxer. I was like, Hey, I know that podcast guesting is a part of your strategy and um, you've gotten some really great spots so far, but I really feel like I should tell you how you are being chosen and how you're being represented by the agency that you are working with right now. And I actually knew the agency owner. And so I felt like, oh, am I betraying the agency owner? But like, at the end of the day, it's not a practice that I personally advocate for. So that's why I made the decision, whether it was right or wrong, to um, tell my mentor. Um, And then she saw the pitch because I forwarded it to her. And she was flabbergasted and she was like, oh my gosh, I can't even believe that this is how I'm being like represented. And I'm, I know how much that she was paying as well. This is a lot. It was like in the 10K range. Um, and that's on retainer, by the way. So it's like, this is happening. So it's just like the reason why Maggie and I are sharing these stories, by the way, to all of you who are here with us live, who are listening to this recording from the podcast, is because these are very real things that happen. And that's the purpose of this um, this series is to actually share the behind the scenes and what we can do to do better. And it's not that hard. It's a little, it's, you know, it's going to take some work. Of course, it's going to take some work, the research, the due diligence, the alignment and all of that. But the reward that comes from that is a potential relationship that can expand into a plethora of ways. Like Maggie and I, we've been on each other's podcast. We continue to collaborate in whichever shape or form. Like she's brought me into her um, community. Um, she's been in my um, community, like, you know, in, in paid arrangements as, as well as like non-paid arrangements. But the point is this relationship has kept going and it's because we continually check in on each other, support each other. And there's no kind of like expectation attached to it. It's just like, 
I'm here just because I advocate for what you stand for. And that is what people are looking for. Like granted, you're not going to be besties with every single podcaster that you ever pitched to, but there is an opportunity for a relationship that can really open so many doors for you. So if you burn those bridges by doing practices that are currently out there that piss off podcasters, then that is going to make it a lot more harder for you to build those bridges later on with people that they might know. Because people talk, people talk. (laughs) And I think, you know, to that end, talking about the relationship, I think a lot of times when we think about being a guest on a podcast, we think about the opportunity in terms of the audience. Yeah. Absolutely making a point of being a really great guest, making it easy for the marketers. Like, I can give you a list right now. I could go through all my guests and be like, amazing guests, would recommend five star gold. And then I'm like, these were terrible guests. Mm-hmm. And guess who I have relationships with? The guests the guests who shared the podcast, the guests who, you know, we keep in touch, we built a relationship. So I think thinking too, like, hey, is this someone I want in my orbit and I want to have an ongoing relationship with? Because um, I feel like for podcasters, like if you can treat them well, you're going to build a relationship naturally. Like, yeah, yeah, definitely not rocket science, but it's because it takes effort and it's not so, it's not easy to do it en masse. And because like we live in a world of like fast growth and scaling and everything. So everything we tend to want to happen very fast. Like for me, not not so much. I prefer sustainable over fast and viral. That's my personal preference though. Um, but yeah, so I'm I'm sure that for those of you who've shown up today, whether you are here with us live or listening to us recording, however long it's been since the session has happened, it shows us that you care. You want to know what it is that we actually think and what we care about so that you know what not to do and hopefully what to do as a result of that because these are very real experiences that we have as podcasters there's a reason why this is a series because I was curious about this being a one-off but a lot of people want to see like various patterns amongst different podcasters and I had to have Maggie first because like first of all she was the first person I actually thought of when I was like "Mm, if someone had a lot to say it would be Maggie (laughs) (laughs) So like, this is why we are here. And um, so Maggie, before we actually start transitioning towards the Q&A, um, I, I do want to drop those links of where people can find you, of course. But before I do, is there any last thoughts on the pitches that you brought today before we get to the Q&A? You know, when you think about these pitches on the whole, it's the lack of personalization. It's the lack of care or um, even thought about what might be a fit for me or my audience. And then I also just think like there's a lot of um, stock being put in that person's credentials as the driving reason I Mm -hmm. should pick them. And I think when you're thinking about constructing your bio, when you're thinking about constructing that pitch, you know, saying not just doing the same old two boring lines, so and so, so, like, you know, how can you really infuse you into it? How can you stand out? I think taking time to do that can make a big thing. I am because the majority, I will say the majority of mine say, I have this many years of experience. I've been on these media outlets. I'm the best. Let me on your show. Mm -hmm. All right. So what I'm hearing is that what we look for in quote, quote unquote qualified guest isn't these traditional authority markers which is like x amount of years yes. of experience or x amount of money earned etc cetera, etc cetera, or like however where, where they've been featured because that, that's a bit of a hit or miss like where else they've been featured I would care about where they're featured if um 
when uh, someone only one person has ever done this in the history of hundreds of pictures I've received and that is they've shared where else they've been when it was a very aligned peer yeah that I would pay attention to versus I've been on Forbes or psychology today or like you know that, that's great right but I don't know how you got those pictures you you may have like there are some what was it yahoo finance when like oh <laughs> you get those pictures 20 coaches yes. yes it's like oh this is a you know it's a paid thing but you know you can pay to get the, I'm like no I don't want that right so there there is a way around certain things but it has to be done with a lot of intention and a lot of alignment um and that just seems to be the overarching theme of today <laughs> yeah and I ultimately I think a lot of times it's really easy when you are starting just starting a picture like oh I don't have these media heads to drop in there I don't necessarily feel confident in this is focus on what you do have because um a lot of these bios are constructed with a whole lot of fluffy bullshit (laughs) 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 like they're just they're they're not even true so don't ever feel like you're inadequate or you do not have what it takes I mean you have a business you have clients you have you know specific things going on so you know you've got something absolutely to offer you just need to find the right podcasts yes absolutely all right, so I'm just going to very quickly share my screen. So for those of you who are watching this as a video or you're here with us live right now, just very, very quickly. So if you want to stay connected with Maggie, she's already shared with me her links and I'll also pop this in the chat. And again, if you're listening to this on the podcast, if you're watching this on the blog, then these links will be around this video as well. So I'm going to pop it in the chat for those of you who are here with us live. Um, so if you want to stay connected, you can check out her website, smallbusinessboss.co, connect with her on Instagram, smallbusinessboss, and the smallbusinessboss.co forward slash podcast. So Maggie actually has several podcasts. She has duped and trust. So, no trust DNA <laughs> have, program. Yeah, she has several podcasts. <laughs> I have the BS Free Service Business Podcast. Then there's Duped, which I co-host. Then there's Trusted, which was a limited series. Yes. So yeah, yeah, I'm not allowed to have any more podcasts this year. That's my <laughs> new resolution. <laughs> so I'll, I'll pop the links to um, the other podcasts that you've done as well, your limited series one and your co-hosted one. So Thank all of so those much. links will be around for those of you who want to stay connected with Maggie and access to her brain and her thoughts and her essay. I'm really appreciating these these essays that you're writing, by the way. <laughs> uh, I I have no chill. I mean, basically, that's what we've learned. Oh, who wants to write 5,000 words about ethical marketing? Apparently, I do. And trust me, like, I, I love reading them. Because um, uh, there was a debate that you and I had. Um, it's just total tangent, by the way. But it's a, I responded to one of your emails recently about to call or not to call out certain people. And um, I shared with you a story how one of my one of my peers was um who is a um a white cisgendered male by the way he was like oh why aren't you calling this person out like like you know why and then and then when I was like oh should I should I be doing that because the the person who um I may or may not have called out basically said something that was very racist in um their in their email marketing and I replied to them so it wasn't too anyone else no one else could see this I replied them to let to gently let them know about the impact of their words um to various groups that I personally represent and then I wanted to make it more broad as opposed to like a, just a personal reaction right just so that it was more constructive than it was personal but then they basically told me to f off and so I shared the email and anonymized it um to my community um to ask like am I just overthinking this and then my friend knew who it was and then he told me why don't you call them out why are you protecting him by by not saying who it is and then I took that 
to my trauma sensitivity group and they said to me your friend means well but he doesn't acknowledge the fact he's a white cisgendered male and so if he were to call this person out would have very different consequences than you because you are a female you are like I, I personally am on the lgbtqia plus spectrum i'm asian i'm neurodivergent so there's a lot of marginalized uh, marginalized identities i have that will take a potential blowout i would take a lot more damage basically is what i'm saying right and that came from one of your um essays when you spoke about too cool or not to call out and that's the very reason why we anonymize the pictures today because we're really curious about the patterns that continue to exist in the industry and what we can do to inform you to kind of break out of the pattern you do not have to do it this way you can do it another way and it's a lot more trusting is a lot it has a lot more integrity there's a lot more intention and there's so much more good that can happen as a result of taking the insights that Maggie and I have shared today so basically I'm saying your essays rock <laughs> thank you yeah so um so if you are um if you are interested in learning more about Maggie there we go and now let's get into the Q&A so for those of you who are here with us live this is the time for your questions if you don't have a question you can share a reflection and then we can just riff off on that. And you can either pop this in the chat. You can um, like just raise your hand to unmute, whatever it is that you want to do. We are totally here. We've we've allotted up to 90 minutes. We have 26 minutes on the clock right now. So we will use the time if it's needed, but we're not going to pad the time either if no one actually really wants to say anything. <laughs> so... Um, <clears throat> we're not gonna like call on you like you're in school yeah it's like oh I I see so-and-so is here like what do you think um but before like as people are starting to think about what their questions could be um a couple people are really excited to catch the replay and loved your insights so far Maggie so thank you so much and a lot of time a lot of things for them to think about and we have a comment saying I love the level of thought it's better to be a guest where the podcaster and guest serve the audience that's what I thought the purpose of being a guest is about yes I I agree (laughs) yeah <laughs> yep all right so I'm just going to change my view so just so I can keep an eye on anyone who might want to ask a question but I actually have a couple of questions myself as well if no one else wants to go first so let me just see all right so until if or if someone wants to ask someone <clears throat> all right so one of my questions so you mentioned that you are like right now you don't accept guest pictures at all right so I'm curious to ask you the question and um because I know I kind of like did this a little as well like what is it that you look for to invite a guest if your if your podcast is kind of like unpitchable what do you look for in guests to invite so here's the thing that I look for is you know I generally will set out my topics for the podcast for the season and then I start to look at it really thoughtfully in terms of where is my scope of practice um and I'll give you an example I wanted to talk about the rise of trauma-informed coaching well I am not a trauma-informed I'm not even a trauma sensitive I'm a trauma nothing like I'm just a person trying to get it done in the world who's very aware of trauma right so it's like, well, I want to really talk about this because it's something I'm seeing more and more. I feel like there's a real potential for harm. I feel like there's um, absolutely some things to consider here. So I was like, well, who it, who's in my sphere? Who do I have a relationship with? And I had two friends on that are therapists that, you know, are very well-versed in this. And they actually were, for, you know, talked about um, like Lisa, who you did your trauma-sensitive 
training with, like they brought in a lot of, and it just really added a lot to the conversation in terms of, you know, not just their, you know, their experiences as professionals, but bringing in other people's work that I wouldn't necessarily have brought in in the same way. So for me, it always comes down to is I always look at like immediately in my network who I know or who I'm aware of that I might be tangentially connected to that I want to have. Um, and there's, I'm also very, very thoughtful about the fact that I only have a few spots in the year. So who do I want to be featuring in those spots? And I want to make sure, I mean, frankly, I want to make sure it's not just a bunch of rich white ladies. Like I want people with different identities not that I'm a rich, I'm a white lady, but I am not a rich white lady by any means. <laughs> Just to be clear, I'm not, I'm not really that much of um, I'm doing just fine, though. Just as a side note. Um, <laughs> but I want to be very thoughtful about people who hold different identities and marginalized identities, that their voices are being heard because so many times. So I will look at it very strategically. Like, who do I know in my network? And also, like, Am I just having myself on this podcast? We don't really need more of me on this podcast. So I really look at those things. And sometimes I have to really dig around to find the right person. I will ask friends. I will go and say, hey, do you know Like, I look for people who can come in as a strong recommendation. So I think that is really where the relationships, um, people who are in my community that I'm aware of, and a great example is I'm going to have someone on to talk about NLP because it is something I want to talk about. I'm very uncomfortable with it. Um, but I was like, who, and I, like, I asked a couple of friends they were like, this is who I would have. I'm like, okay, good. And then I got to know that person. We did a couple, we built a relationship. Now I feel comfortable having them on my show. Mm. So it always takes, there's a lot of thought that goes into my desk. And I don't know that most people are that, um, careful about vetting them, but I do think those relationships, if a podcast is unpitchable, that's what's ultimately going to get your foot in the door, so to speak. Mm, yes, because um, uh, because this is something that I do want to create, like a insights resource of like the, uh, it's kind of like pitching the unpitchable, because if, if the invitation is more so on the podcast to choose, is there anything a well-meaning guest could do to kind of... Um, kind of like proactively reach out to you but without actually pitching because that, that that's where I'm like it's a bit of a hmm, <laughs> like how to get to that point like is there anything that you because I think I kind of did that I think we just had a conversation and at the time it just seemed relevant um if you're open yeah. to a conversation around um sustainable visibility because I knew because I think that was the time that you were inviting me into your your sphere to talk about it actually yeah. which is which is when I thought hmm, that this may be like a timely um you know way to ask because I, I asked first I didn't assume that that's the, that was the key like I asked like are you open to a conversation around sustainable visibility on your podcast and I will say like when someone says to me and we've established a relationship and they say hey I noticed you've been talking a lot about x like I'll give an example like uh, NLP is a um recurring guest star in my work I'm referring to it all the time like if you're noticing those patterns for me and then you come to me and say would you hey I noticed you've been mentioning this a lot lately you know would you want to explore that more would you be open to it mm-hmm. I may not be open to that in that moment but I have people that literally have we've had those conversations and like 18 months 36 months later I'm like oh it is the perfect time now so I don't think it hurts to ask if there's a really strong tie-in and there's a relationship mm-hmm. there 
Yeah. All right. So that's what I'm hearing a lot is the um, how close you are to the person, the timeliness. And um, it's the instead of an assumption, it's an ask because that yes. helps you to to keep hold of your agency. Right. It's like we ask, are you open to it? If not, that's OK. You know, so. Yeah. Like yeah. I have had people I've had relationships with come to me and say, like, I want to talk about this on your show. Any I want to for me mm. is an immediate move <laughs> like hold on I, I mean I am and I mean I'm probably at the like way at the end of the spectrum I'm extremely protective of my community whether that be paid or free like I'm very selective and there's a reason for that so I think people have to be really thoughtful in how they approach me Agreed. And I'm on the same end of the spectrum, by the way, because like I, I guard my audience like a mama bear <laughs> and like, no, like you can't just access my audience. Like, cause I know that they trust me. Cause I know from, I've, I've actually looked my, looked at my stats, my subscribers, my, my, whether it's to my podcast or whether it's to my email list or however they are connected to me, they stay with me for years. One of, uh, I, I, I had a, um, I do something called cup of catch-ups where I have my community and like, I open a couple slots on my calendar just to connect my community just because, right. And there was someone who booked a call and she was there before I started this business because she saw where I transitioned from, because I originally was like, the right hand person to this like rising online marketer and then our version of success just kind of started to divert and so I decided to leave in 2018 she's followed me since then and she's followed she followed me during when I had that role there and even so until now and it's been like four or five years now (laughs) and not everybody has stayed for that long but I look at the stats and they stay for a very long time and it's for that reason I know that they trust me that they're very loyal I've had people who have invited me onto summits and my list is very small compared to the the other guests that they have their other guests have like tens of thousands hundreds of thousands even people on their list but they told me your list they definitely trust you because you had one of the highest conversion rates, even though I have yep. like around a thousand, I have around a thousand people on my list right now. And I very carefully curate who, who that is and who gets to stay all, all that kind of stuff um, with the occasional list scrub. But all that to say, the reason why you are very protective of your audience is because you know their loyalty. You, you know that they trust you and you really want to appreciate that is what I'm hearing. Uh, yeah. And I, I mean, I'm, I know it's the same for you. I actually care about my audience. Like I have always said, like I have had, I have about, I made 1300 people on my list right now. People are always like, Ooh, I can't believe your list isn't bigger. I'm like, no, like it's a carefully curated mm-hmm. list curated. of the right, yes. <laughs> yes, of the right people for my message, my work, the, you know, the type of community I want to build. And I will say like, I have People who literally show up, I have no idea who they are. And they'll say, I've been listening to your podcast for four years and now I'm ready to join a mastermind. And I'm like, hallelujah, welcome. (laughs) And then I go, then I'll go into my email program and I'll see they've been opening every email for three years. And that's, I think we, in a world that moves really, really fast, I think this ties into podcast pitching. If you can go a little slower and be really thoughtful about things, it really does make a huge difference and build lasting connections with people yes and that compounds definitely over time so um i'm seeing that there is a question in the chat box so i'll read that out in just a second before i do for those of you who are still live with us if there's something that you do want to say if you can type the number one in the chat so that tells me that you're thinking of like asking or saying something because otherwise we'll like wrap up very shortly but here's the question so 
this is under the assumption that you're um, open to pitches in the future, by the way, Maggie, because the question is, when being pitched, what email headline, subject line, would you 100% certainly click? Oh, okay. I'm curious about this. <laughs> well, it's not new gut podcast guests. We know that. <laughs> so I would, I would personally click something that really, like it, it's topic driven and it's a topic that is really central to my audience. So like for me, I'm a, I'm a sucker for a teaser. So if you, like, if I'd been talk, I'll use the NLP one. Cause we were just talking about it. Like if you knew I've been talking about NLP a ton and you wanted to talk about, you know, the nefarious dark side of NLP and be like, want to talk about the dark side of NLP? I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I do. So I think don't hesitate from, you know, crafting that subject line in the same way you would craft something for an email you want people to open. And you don't have to be clickbaity, but curiosity is absolutely the way to get me to open an email. <laughs> curiosity. Okay. So nothing that you feel could have been sprayed and prayed, basically, is, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah, no, it needs to be like, I. you need to have like, you know, made that bespoke for me. And then I'll feel like, ooh. I mean, mm. you could use the same kind of subject line structure. I do think too, just to that end, like if you, when you start pitching, start paying attention to what gets opened, what people respond to. So you can refine that pitch mm. over time because you are getting a feedback loop. Like if someone not answering or responding to your picture, pitch is information and data you can be using. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I completely agree because like I am open to the curiosity drivers um just like yourself, but I'm also open to the it's kind of like a slightly personalized version of this Bray and Parade one that you said is like um like you know idea for Quiet Rebels podcast or something like that because they've actually put my podcast name in it. And I yeah. specifically opened the email when someone actually acknowledged the fact that there was a trademark symbol unquiet rebels because i have trademark Ooh, that yes and i'm like Smart. no one has ever picked up on that or even if they did they've never shown me and that was the very reason i opened it and that person has now become like a lifelong friend <laughs> so not not because of that but because of the conversation and the alignment and everything but that was enough for, for me to open because there was this precise detail that not anybody would pick up or show me yeah so details really matter curiosity matters and re- relevancy again and personalization because at least they put my podcast name if they just put like i want to pitch a podcast or something along the lines of like a podcast pitch without any reference whatsoever who it's for what it's about etc then it's then it's an, an immediate like i'm not even sure i'll open that so. and there is there is a tactic that i Noah's is taught generally in podcast pitching circles that is interesting, but I'll tell you my spin on this is the, I loved, it's like the subject line is, I loved your interview with so-and-so open up or whatever. Now that's great because it's showing me some personalization, but if it's one of my last two guest interviews, it also shows me you just went into the feed. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, if you can pull up an interview from two years ago and like then in your pitch, pull out a nugget. Now I know you've done your work. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. So again, it's one of those things that aren't easy to do. Like you can't just, you can't fake it is basically what we're saying. Like no. the, the BS meters that us podcasters have, they are extremely finely tuned these days. And so when, if you say, if you're actually saying you're a listener, prove it. Like, don't just say you are like, uh, as, as you said, Maggie, like provide that nugget because then we'll know. 
from that nugget if it's real or if it's something that you just picked up from the show notes like in the bullet points or something like nah I know what the takeaway was and it was whereas if you say I really appreciated your conversation about create um can you create a safe space for community that's not in the show notes that's not a bullet like you actually listened to the show and something connected with you got it I I'm now I'm like okay now I'm interested mm-hmm. yes all right. So ooh, that, that was a very interesting question. So thanks so much for um, asking. So I'm seeing no number ones in the chat. So I'm going to have one more ask. Anybody else who wants to ask a question? I've got one more on my list. And if we don't receive any ones in the chat, then we'll know that it's our time to wrap up because we have about 11 minutes on the clock anyhow, which we may or may not use. So I've got another question for you, Maggie. Um, so you mentioned very briefly about follow-ups in, I think, your first pitch that you mentioned today, um, like like not following up with like, oh, have you seen the pitch, but having a more value-driven ad that kind of loops back to the pitch. But I'm curious about your take on frequency. How soon after the original, when the original pitch was sent, do you feel is reasonable or too pushy? Like, where's that line between when it's okay to kind of follow up versus not? Because I've, I have a lot of stories from my, my podcasting friends, like, oh, this person was too eager. And I'm like, so what is the frequency for you? I'm curious. Uh, it needs to be like a week later. Mm. Like, and if you want to do two follow-ups, that's fine. After that, if I have not answered you, I've probably marked you as spam. Like, <laughs> truthfully, or like my team has filtered you out or whatever the case is. So I think I would leave them about a week apart, give people time to read, you know, dissect, digest all those types of things. So that, you know, if there's thing, because sometimes the answer after a week, if you have a thoughtful follow-up is going to be, yeah, that's great. I had to think about it for a bit, or, you know, I'm still working on it. Those are still valid questions. Or like, you know what? I really appreciate the pitch. It's not a fit at this time. Um, but I do also think being over eager just come, it, it's pushy and it's desperate. Mm-hmm. And uh, I get a lot of pitches, not podcast pitches for other things. And I'm always just like, did you get my email? Did you get my email? Like, please don't ask me if I got the email. Yes, I got the email. Of course I got the email. Like here in 2023, we get the majority of the emails. Chill a little bit. <laughs> Yes. So um, same wavelength uh, around a week because I don't even respond to my emails in a quote unquote timely manner because it's in my autoresponder. Look, I'll respond when I have capacity. And if you like, I do invite follow up though. I'm like, but if you feel like if there is a sense of urgency to your request, you know, you're more than welcome to follow up. So I do invite for that. Um, But when it comes to something that is on my turf versus theirs. So if they're inviting me on some um, onto their podcast or their summit that their timeline that I may or may not like yeah sure but if it's on my podcast my turf no 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 one gets to determine that timeline except for me so yeah so definitely on the same wavelength there and I think a kind of like micro follow-up question to the follow-up question uh what was in my brain just now Ta-da. damn it I think I've lost it <laughs> brain fart ah I had a brain fart moment okay so follow-up frequency intention Nope, damn it, I've lost it completely. <laughs> okay, if it does come back, I might I might DM you later. But that was all of my questions I had. And I see we've got no further questions. So let's start to wrap up from here. So for anybody, again, who's interested in learning more from Maggie or 
or if you're already in her community and you want to just like learn more, more things like maybe some areas that you've never poked around on the internet where, where, where she's residing um, I'll be sure to pop the links again to her website Instagram and like all of the podcasts that she has um, so far like who knows she might have another no, one no more. At some, no, okay no more at least not for this year <laughs> but uh, Maggie do you have any final thoughts um, whether it's a takeaway or a nugget or anything else as we start to wrap up our first ever session of pitches that piss off podcasters um the reality is is most of you are going to be fine you just need to get over it and start pitching and I think I would really encourage you to like I said a few minutes ago track your pitches you see what's working what's not and you know learn in real time when I used to do like PR with big media I wouldn't go out and pitch like five 10 outlets at once. I'd pitch two and then be like, okay, we need to refine the pitch. That didn't really work for CNN, but it might work for the Wall Street Journal. Like we would go through and do all these little things. So I think, you know, committing to doing this as a longer term project so you can learn as you go can really make a big difference. Mm, yeah. I'm really glad that you pointed that out because um, the, the pitch tracker that I have in my in my UPG, my ultimate podcast guesting workshop series. And there's a specific column that is like, um, just kind of for your reflections, for your notes of things that you pointed out. Like if people are consistently saying no, there is a pattern there that you need to look into to see there's something that you need to change, whether it's the angle of your topic, the topic in itself, or maybe um, there's a very specific piece of feedback that they didn't like. Like in in my case, when I gave feedback to the pitcher that pissed me off was like not putting the link because that's a very presumptuous entitled thing to do not in my opinion, but also in my experience. <laughs> and that that also, that was the thing, by the way, that pissed off all of my podcaster friends. They're like, how dare they pop, pop their link there? That's just awful. Um, so I just decided there. But Maggie, you've been an absolutely amazing guest. Thank you so, so much for your insights, for your wisdom and your willingness to share actual pictures that you've received. It's been so helpful. And I know that everybody who's been here today has said they've gotten so much value out of it. They've learned so much. So you are like, you are absolutely the right person to like really kick off this whole series in the first place. So thank you so much for being a wonderful friend, a wonderful peer. And um, I'm seeing like some thank you notes in the chat as well. Thank you so much. And um, yeah. Yes. So for anybody who's here um, again, you can have this as a replay it will be available on my blog and it'll be repurposed onto the quiet Rebels podcast as well. So you can find all the links to connect with Maggie there. And if you are interested in learning more about pitching podcasters in an aligned way with, without sacrificing your like integrity in the process and actually sending fewer pitches than the volume pitches, then I do invite you to check out my ultimate podcast guesting workshop series. It's a self-paced uh, process and you can really like pick and choose which part you you need to learn at this point you might only need help with the pitching and not the before and after like how to actually do the interviews or like how to do your research and align it with your business goals etc all of that is available to you i'll pop the link there as well makeafan.com forward slash upg and um that's pretty much it for our first session thank you again maggie thank awesome. you to all of you that's oh yeah sorry <laughs> i was just gonna say thank you everyone it was just great and super fun and there we have it. That is our first episode of Pitches That Piss Off Podcasters. Now, this is a pop-up monthly series, so we do have live sessions that are coming up. So if you do want to be notified about that, be sure to join my email list at makeafan.com forward slash inside insights, which I'll pop in the show notes below. And if you don't already follow me on Instagram at makeafang, I do promote the um, the next live sessions there as well, should you want to attend a future live session. Otherwise, I'll 
course be able to record them and pop them back here on the podcast if you can't make it live anyhow. But anyway, I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. I absolutely loved running this with Maggie and this pop-up series is something that I wanted to experiment with in 2023. So we're definitely going to be having a couple more episodes the rest of this year, so be sure to watch this space. And bye for now!